Hello, and welcome to Campaign Comrades, your favorite leftist gaming podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. What up, what up? It's Rick. We have a lot to talk about today, folks. A lot has been going on. Uh, but before we jump into it, uh, I know there's one thing that's got uh, one story that's got Mike real heated. Uh, so, Mike, why don't you just take it away? Give us the goods. Well, I could uh, say everyone on this this podcast ascribes by the the motto ACAB. And uh, within the past week or so, uh, Pokemon Go has been a comrade to the cause in, in getting cops fired. Um, we had two LAPD officers that were fired in 2017 uh, for catching a Snorlax. Uh, these two dinguses were, you know, chasing the elusive, you know, sleepy Pokemon uh, for like 20 minutes throughout LA while ignoring a robbery call. Uh, you know, just not doing their job. You know, just letting the the LA taxpayers' money go to waste catching uh, a, a large sleeping Pokemon. It's kind of funny. A Snorlax is uh, essentially a cop. Sounds like you know, just a fat, yeah. a fat animal that sleeps all day. Uh, what's it the difference? Could not be more perfect. You know, it couldn't yeah, be true, even yeah. more on, on the nose. You know, I'm just imagining these just like, you know, sausage necked guys just, you know, huffing and puffing as they're running down, uh, running down the street, you know, tra- oh, chasing running. After... They were, they were uh, in the car running, shuffling. They were, they're, they're shuffling. They were driving, pulling up, yeah. say, pulling up onto the pulling sidewalk. Like, yeah, pull, you got those lights onto the you sidewalk. Got those lights. Yeah, they you got, got those lights. They go wherever they want. They're driving through parks, probably got to catch them all. Yeah. man. They were, you know, in the the uh the the brief it discusses how like they were caught on tape like you know arguing which route was better to get there oh, quickest yes. and like <laughs> body yeah, cams really finally fantastic. working <laughs> yes. yeah accountability fine yeah finally no, I mean, yeah that's that's what caught them was you know they were just dinguses having you know their dash cam was on recording them you know actively ignoring a call uh I thought that was and discussing rule. how best to ignore it I thought the first rule was as soon as you start doing anything related to police work, like catching Pokemon, you turn the cameras off. I thought that was how it worked. That's yeah. standard operating procedure. Come on. These guys are falling down on the job. Yeah. Uh, Not living up to their duties. Yeah. So, you know, whoever got robbed, uh, you know, or the, you know, the robber got away, which you know, is typically going to happen was not the, uh, you know, wasn't the only person harmed by Pokemon Go. I know some of us here had some Pokemon Go injuries from back in the day. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Like, literally, Pokemon Go is is responsible for triggering my, like, late-onset adult allergies. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, had never taken an allergy pill before in my life. And when that dropped in 2016, we were all living in the city. I remember going out to all the parks, hitting all the spots, battling, doing duels. I mean, it was great. It was fun. It was actually, it was actually awesome. And, you know, both back then and and now it's, it's reaffirming like, you know, Pokemon Go is going to make me, you know, have to rethink my, you know, well-known stance that mobile games are fucking trash because, you know, it turns out they're actually Praxis. Those gaming injuries. Comrades. Like my, my experience with Pokemon Go is so much different being rural. 
like up here it was you know occasionally you go out and you walk around montpelier you'll like you'll catch a couple things but it was basically just like hoarding eggs and just hoping that hatching eggs would get you <laughs> the missing things because that's all you like could one do. hot spot no I, rem- I remember the difference between living in the city and then coming home like uh for like a weekend and it would just be like you know we were just in like we were you know had all the resources available and then it's like i had to walk to the town library and that was it (laughs) well yeah at least you're like close enough to that yeah you know Mm -hmm. when i would go home it's like i was in the middle of nowhere imagine my house when i like walked to like the notch maybe yeah yeah the bp oh yeah yeah. which is a shell now i think everyone knows that's the uh the the hearth as we like to call it here at uh, Campaign Comrades. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, game, these mobile games can always be good, folks. And I think we're, we're seeing this trend uh, explode. Uh, mobile gaming is taking up, you know, the basically over 50% of the entire, you know, gaming industry itself. It like made over 136 billion dollars last year and is like only expected to continue to grow and explode and we saw that with like our first big story of the week um take two interactive the parent company of major studios like rockstar and you know owners of games like the the 2k franchise borderlands bioshock mafia um all sorts of stuff they they uh they purchased uh, a company that uh, I had no knowledge of existing beforehand. Uh, the mobile game developer Zynga, they purchased it for, or agreed to purchase it for $12.7 billion. Big bucks. I do want to say that that is, you know, up until more recent mergers, literally days we'll later, yeah. uh, that had been the largest announced deal in the video game industry at at 12 billion dollars or almost 13 so that's that's not a small number uh right. for this and industry so, at all yeah so that 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 in of itself shows like you know the priorities that these these studios are taking and the major publishers are taking it's that you know mobile is the future of of these games and Hell like yeah. for, for the worse i think we can definitively say before even getting into it but i don't know about you man i'm excited for uh you know having to collect my grand theft auto guns while i walk around a city and uh watch ads on my phone before i get them that sounds pretty pretty freaking awesome to me and uh unlocking players you know i get to unlock my team by (laughs) you know going to the stadium Maybe I take a picture and watch an ad there, and now I get to play the full game of 2K. This is like a pretty sweet uh, future we're talking about here. You're going to have to start capturing uh, NBA players like Pokemon. Like you're going to have to I go to up the to you know, LeBron You're, you're going to see everyone running throw. down the street. There's a LeBron raid. You got to get over here. <laughs> yeah. You got to take him down in a three-point contest. The more people you have, the more... Uh... Well, and, but I think that, you know, the... This acquisition, uh, you know, we, we've discussed before how with the, the chip crisis, you know, there's this bigger push into the streaming capabilities of games and these game companies. And I think that, you know, looking at mobile, that's a good way to scale up some of their other games, uh, you know, 
already having the the mobile streaming infrastructure and you know they they give the game away in that in the uh the press release the zynga press release saying like they recognize that it's the largest that video games are the largest vertical in the entertainment industry um so like you know they're trying to tap into like every possible consumer base and you know these mobile gaming and the streaming gamings uh are just a way to hit like a younger audience that already have you know their parents already have ipads they might not have a console or a pc but they could throw an ipad in their seventh you know their seven-year-old's hand and they're playing Fortnite already so i think this is going to continue to be a trend just getting major blizzard uh was it uh diablo immortals what you guys don't have a phone vibes from that (laughs) but speaking of giving the game away i just want to read this quick little blurb from the uh, take two press release announcing it um they say perhaps most importantly we have the ability with zynga from both a development and a publishing point of view to optimize the creation of new titles new titles based on take two's core intellectual property we believe we have the best collection of console and pc intellectual property in the interactive entertainment business and it's basically nearly an entirely unexploited from mobile and free to play around the world and it's just like yeah they they i've seen like i saw some analysis that goes further it's like uh, you know, Take Two had had some skin in the mobile game before. In mobile games before, they had like it represented something like twelve uh, percent of their profits um, in like the last fiscal year. But this this thing is going to uh, kick that up to like over fifty percent. And yeah, you can just imagine that a free to play cross platform GTA Online thing is going to make a fucking billion dollars like immediately. You know, and just all all these, you know, gotcha, uh, freemium microtransaction games like it's just ripe for the picking. Like, yeah, you got to pay you got to pay a dollar to get like your gold plated AK. Uh, You got to, you know, like pay a certain amount of money to like, you know, customize your your favorite car and all that. It's not even that. It's more like pay for the chance because all of that is right. Right. It's it's, because it's like the Dropbox shit. Yeah, you're pay for a chance to get like uh, our our random selection of decals, and they're all fucking shit. Yeah, so if you you know the one shit. that you want, you have to spend you know sixty five dollars to actually get. You know. Yeah. No, and then I think as someone, that's the thing. This this it sucks because I mean this makes this makes sense from you know their perspective as a business, and I think two I think two K and take two. Well, it's take two made made a pretty great deal here they just bought the largest player in the segment of the industry that comprises literally 50 percent of the revenues like we all talk about gaming and and all of us are very much focused on console pc or like tabletop none of us really play any of these phone games because they're essentially just electronic gambling you're either just solving a puzzle and then you know getting some rewards or you know doing something like that i mean they are getting more more developed and becoming more like first person shooting is available on games and things like that but well and and like we're not either you know either not children that don't have access to the consoles that we want to play call of duty on the mobile phone or like aren't big enough call of duty fans that we have to play call of duty in every iteration possible you know so like those or, are those target audience there. Right. Or grandma at home playing Candy Crush for eight hours a day. Um, yeah. But like, I think it's, it's an interest. It's interesting 
to see what they paid for what is going to be essentially make them the market leader in cell phone gaming, which or mobile gaming, which is like I said, literally almost 50% of the entire industry's revenue. Uh, I think it's, I think it is just over 50%. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it is, it is officially like the majority. Yeah, exactly. So, so they just bought a huge revenue stream for themselves. And then on top of that, you add in, you just mentioned those games. I play all of those games. Those are some of my favorite games to play. Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, 2K and Bioshock are, are some of my favorite games over the last 10 years. So those are huge IPs that to Mike's point, you just, you put, you add the, in, in your point, Ben, you add the mobile to it and it's just instant money. Like this is, this is going to be, there's no doubt they're going to be releasing mobile versions and free to play versions related to these IPs. And, and that sucks because it means they're not going to focus on the good part of this IP and like creating GTA six. Like if you think GTA six was going to be 2025 before this deal, it's going to be 2030 now. Like there's no point in doing that shit anymore because they right. have so much money elsewhere. Complete, completely and like because gta online already made up or was one of the largest contributors to take two's revenue yeah, already already how is that not going to be the priority going forward one thing i want to say uh just you know for the listeners sake and for our own sakes uh this deal and the the microsoft activision one we'll talk about later they have not been purchased yet you know it's Correct. more than likely that they will go through but you know, what has happened so far, I was thinking about it is like, you could liken it to like pre-ordering a game that does not have a certain mm-hmm. release date, <laughs> you know? Well, so, say the, the Zynga one technically has, there's, they have 45 days to field other offers. I mean, that, that's, and then, just, and then, and then, yeah. And then it, there's all the other steps afterwards. Well, and, like, and that 45 days is a statutory thing. So the Activision Blizzard, uh, Microsoft deal has that as well. That's just like part of the process. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of interested to see if, you know, and this could go both ways on the Microsoft deal or the uh, the Zynga deal. You know, someone could come in now and, and offer Zynga more because they've seen the, the Microsoft deal and now, like, see what the industry is worth. Um, you know, and, and that seems to be a small price now compared to purchasing uh, Activision Blizzard. I mean, there was the rumor that Sony could be interested in taking take two as a whole. And if take two got Zynga, that would be one whole. Yeah. And then like, and that's exactly what the take two uh, spokesperson said in like that they're, you know, it's the largest vertical in the industry. And that that's exactly what is going to happen is like, they're going to continue to just purchase so that you have all of these, you know, smaller companies under the bigger brand of Sony, Microsoft, whatever. And the way that our antitrust law is structured is, you know, as long as there is some sort of consumer benefit you could prove, you know, like this is quotally, it's not the actual standard, but as long as essentially, as long as there's uh, a consumer benefit, prices go down and don't go up. Well, yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? It's not that it's not necessarily that prices go down, isn't it? It's that just that prices don't go up. Yes, like yeah, they exactly. stat stagnant stagnancy yes. is still okay. Is still good. Yes. yes, as long as the consumer, you know, is not paying more because we have a very consumer focused antitrust laws, um, you know, which actually pit the consumer against the worker. But 
you know, as long as the price does not go up, you know, you're good to go. But so I just wonder if the buy the purchasing prices of either of these deals are going to kind of like move around, um, either based on the market or based on the, you know, the SEC and DOJ review of the deals. I know I, I read something that was speculating on, on this and, you know, going through all the major, um, potential buyers and, you know, rating them on how likely they were to potentially get involved. Um, what I saw is that they said a bidding war was unlikely. I do. Th- this was, I think, however, before the news of the Microsoft deal, which again, we'll, we've already now touched on a couple of times. And I think we'll get to right after this. Um, so I think that, yeah, that does change. That, that definitely yeah. does change. The thing, the thing about this is they offered, you know, a pretty substantial, uh, premium over where their current uh, stock prices. So it's it's a in which one Zynga Zynga or... for Zynga for yeah. Zynga. So so the, like the offer itself is is fairly substantial. I just wanted to throw that out there. Just thought that was uh like they they've added their their market cap currently is ten billion dollars. Prior to the sale, it was uh it would have been two thirds of that. So it was about $7 billion. So they've already generated, and that, that is still less than what they're being purchased for. They're being purchased for 13. So it's generated you know, $3 billion of, of additional value to their stock price already. And then they're still making a premium on top of that. So you know, Dude, a, this shit is all so made up. This it is. is just, no, it is. Numbers all, are just all it's all monopoly up. numbers. It's, it's, it's and that's you know that's the capital financial markets for you. It's all it's all fugazi. We all just make shit up, and you know you're just not part of it, so you don't get to benefit. Um, the last thing I have here was from a call, an investor call, with uh, Zynga's CEO, Frank Jabu Jabeu. I don't know Gabau. I don't know. Doesn't matter anymore. Says uh, they plan to use Zynga's chart boost app ad platform to quote acquire new users more efficiently and optimize mobile ad inventory. So it's like this is the real reason why they they got they they made the purchase. Hundred percent. It's all about the 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 infrastructure that they have to uh, you know just spam uh, their ad inventory for uh, you know all the and again all these properties is just untapped market potential. Um, but then of course if if we had any reservation whatever if this was good or bad news I think it's it's answered here. Um, and it's uh, yes there may be something with NFTs in the future. Uh, he said in that call, the idea that players nice. will play to earn or play to own is very compelling idea that we will that we think will have legs as the industry develops. And we we before we we jump into it, um, it's again, it's these things are all fundamentally intertwined, and I think it's uh, most clearly seen in the the Microsoft deal. But before we go to that, Rick. Yeah, no, I I just want to say like I'm I'm fairly excited to wake up every day log into each of my games mobile apps download the new nft that they're giving me because i've watched a minute of ads and then i get to play my game that day i think that's a pretty awesome future that we're looking at and we can all thank take two and uh, zynga for leading the way so pretty awesome i'm excited gotta hit those quotas somehow got it gotta do it yeah I, I think it's funny that the ceo thinks that you know 
this is going to be a compelling idea as industry develops. Meanwhile, like there was a survey and like 70% of game developers are against the idea of NFTs in games because they understand it, but that number is not nearly high enough. Yeah. Yes. But like, but you have to think of the demographic of no, game developers. It. No, I get like, it. You know, I get it. There's, there's they're so, they're so prone. Shows. Yeah. They're so yeah. prone to the FinTech uh, entrapments. I was honestly surprised with the 70% number, if we're being you know, perfectly honest. But I was like, oh, damn, that's pretty high. I, that's My reaction was like, yeah. damn. I would have said like 55. Can we make a quick segue to just uh, have a quick laugh at the uh, cratering of Bitcoin and the crypto market? Like just wiped yes. out $200 Did, billion. Didn't El Salvador just buy like a fuck ton of Bitcoin again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 410 yeah, or something yeah, like that? Some- I forget, yeah, which South American country It was, was El Salvador. Uh, I know that much. Because they're the ones so who want to make Central their whole America, currency yeah. Bitcoin. Okay. So, Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Central, yeah, it was like a Central American country that was, yeah, making their entire economy run off Bitcoin. They set up, like, Bitcoin ATMs. And what's going to happen is when the group in power leaves, all of those uh, Bitcoin receipts, you know, those blockchains are just going to kind of vanish. Yeah, oops. Oof. Oops. Almost like they were never real to begin with. Well, Bitcoin is, you know, may be set for even worse dips because uh, the the Treasury said that they were looking into cryptocurrencies. I mean, everyone so is looking into cryptocurrencies you know, now. Exactly. Like every country starting to crack down. Yeah. As soon as the American government says we are the crypto kings, Bitcoin goes. All right. So that was yeah, a little bit of a tangent. But we, so we have we've also, uh, you know, we've we've mentioned it already kind of uh, indirectly and directly. The real big news of the week, because, you know, this the Zynga deal had basically its week in the sun as the, you know, the biggest deal in gaming history, uh, but, you know, soon to be just completely blown out of the water by it. Another completely made up number uh, where, you know, Microsoft is, you know, or has uh, agreed to purchase Activision Blizzard King for uh, a reported $68.7 billion. Or, or a, a cleanly rounded 69. Yeah, nice. The only, the only maybe like kind of good thing about it Absolutely. is that it's a funny number. Some would say the best number. Yeah, with this purchase though, it's going to make Xbox officially the third largest gaming company by revenue behind uh, Sony and then Tencent at the top. Boo. Boo, boo and more booze but i just want to say i'm only upset because i'm a sony fanboy and you know this is upsetting to me because it means sony might not make as much money if call of duty is not released on playstation it's the only reason i don't care yeah. about you know what this means for the gaming industry or the fact that you know video games were now ruined i only just care want your treats yeah i only care about the fact that this hurts sony because i'm a sony fanboy i just wanted to say that yeah, it's one of those. Well, first, uh, didn't Phil Spencer say, at least right now, that he's like, yep, all the normal games that were in development and stuff are going to go both ways. And we don't intend to pull games away from Sony, yeah. was what he said. They will, yeah, they but, will, they will fulfill all contractual commitments. Yeah. And that's like, you, you take Phil Spencer's word for what you take it for. I mean, I mean, this is also the man that said, uh, you know, we were going to be rethinking our, you know, our contracts and relationship with activision and moving away from them and they purchased the company dude such kayfabe such fucking kayfabe man dude this is like 
I think Rick, you sent this like to the to the chat. You know, it's like, dude, this is just such like big brain thinking. Yeah, like, you know, this was, you know, it's all a fucking scam. Yeah. Basically, Phil Spencer says his things. You know, you take it for what it is. He's very good at what he does. His job is to, you know, that collaborate between Microsoft's yeah. Yeah. Uh, financial side and their, you know, customer front and keep their people happy. And this is exactly what he's doing with this. You know, Game Pass is going to be filled with COD every year. You know, now Xbox users don't mm-hmm. need to sort of pay for COD uh, in a way. Yeah. But it's one of those things that you look at it and there, there's people who are like championing this. They're like, oh, you know, this will be like the death knell for, you know, like the Sonys or the Nintendos. Like first, Nintendo doesn't care. Nintendo's never cared about any yeah. of those games, to be honest. Nope. And second, it's like with Sony, it's like, why would you want them to die at that point? It was like, think think of all of the, the games that, you know, are coming to PC now that, you know, have been on Sony that, you know, are great. People wouldn't get to experience if the company was dead. You know, God of War, Horizon, you know, there's the rumors that we're going to get Returnal and a couple others. Um, and they're just never, like, they're too big of a competitor. They're, it's like... You know, there will always be Walmart and Amazon. Well, like, as you said, too, Mike, uh, you know, this this acquisition makes them third still in gaming revenue behind yeah. Sony. Yeah, right. Exactly. right. And, and the we, we also have to mention the the irony that the announcement of the of the agreement came out on the same day that uh there the the was it the the DOJ came out with them or no, is it it's the FEC. Uh, the FEC. Yeah, um, FTC came out with yeah the or the FTC yeah came out with the the new uh, their plans for new guidelines for mergers and acquisitions. So you know basically this was just a big fuck you uh, on Microsoft's part. You know calling Washington's bluff because let's be honest, I don't see this getting blocked in in any in any oh, meaningful it, capacity. It's it's, it's never going to get blocked, and you know. But the big a big reason. Sorry, before you go go off, and the big reason is because of uh, that fact. It's like. It is, uh, you know, even though it shouldn't be the case, it is kind of hard to, you know, argue that antitrust case against someone who is who is still third place. They're not number one. I'm just picturing election uh, midterm election Biden. The one thing he does is just like disband this case and lose the expert. Of <laughs> Listen here, Mac. Uh, Xbox, uh, it's getting too big. It's too big. He's like, why are we losing midterms? The, the head of the FTC, uh, Lena Khan, she's. She's like a kind of a Warren style bust them up type, uh, you know, Dem. So she's not terrible, especially like in this area of antitrust. Um, completely ineffectual. But, but like by that mom. definition, yes. yeah, by yes, that definition, correct. completely ineffectual. Well, and like she, you know, she is a prof- she was like a professor, so exactly like Elizabeth Warren. Like she has the ideas, like they're there, but like they're not going to be applied in fe- in effect. And you know, like we said, the the legal structure that they're working within is just like the the effect on the consumer. You know, it doesn't even you you could have, from what I understand, you could have like a huge you could have ninety percent of the market share, but like if you are not you know, raising prices on the consumer, you know, they're going to allow it to, to go through, you yeah. know, it, it's all the, the effect on the, the consumer pricing and, you know, what consumers are paying. Yeah. We don't, we don't care, you know, if, uh, you know, a merger has an undue influence over, you know, micro market prices or like, you know, making it more difficult for other companies to, and new companies to compete, you know, and, the and that's free, what it the is free, the free market. 
Well, because like on its face, it looks like the consumer is benefiting because the prices are stagnant or the prices are, uh, you know, go down. But in reality, when you're, you know, allowing this type of antitrust regime, like you're having a huge effect on workers because it's, you know, uh, you're looking for like a economic like efficiency in the the sense of like cutting costs. So workers get their their, uh, you know, salaries slashed um, and hours raised you know, so that the consumer prices stay stagnant or, yeah, you know, fewer, go down. Fewer studios, fewer employers means less ability for employees to have competitive salaries. You know, there is, you know, they don't, they don't need to collude yes. to, uh, you know, for, to do a wage fixing, you know, it just becomes a de facto, if not de jour part of, of just the industry as a whole. That is, that is just a reality of, the trend toward monopolization exactly and it's not part of the analysis you know like the one thing i I want to bring up that i think like rick uh uh brought this up to we were talking about this in the group chat earlier it's like this purchase kind of is a microcosm and encapsulates everything that is that is going on and that is wrong and bad with uh video game the video game industry then to the entertainment industry then to capitalism at large because again this is this is like not news i saw this other something someone else like talking about it's like this purchase was inevitable you know if it wasn't you know microsoft like buying Activision, you know, something like this was inevitable. This is this is the trend, and they have no reason. These companies have no reason to uh, to not pursue this. Well, like yeah. someone like brought up like to, like it's like uh, you know Disney who has like you know the clearest stranglehold on popular culture. You know they they're not sweating the FTC. You yeah. know so why the fuck should why the fuck should Microsoft? Particularly again when you go back to the point where they're not number one. Like yeah, this is gonna like improve their their game profitability by again like 50% something ridiculous but that's they they still have the the technical bit of like oh yeah but we're still uh you know we're still the little guy in comparison we're still you know competition is still as strong as ever there was the whole big fear initially that instead of microsoft purchasing activision it was going to be tencent that was the big player that everyone was worried was going to uh-huh. be per- making this purchase before that's like it's the same thing yeah, it was going to yeah. happen. Yeah, and like it's part of the the scandal, like Activision is probably shopping around at some level to kind of dish, or at least Bobby Kotek to dish this off so he could you know make his money and run. But like to your to your point, Ben, that you know they're only like third in the the marketplace. You know they're they're not fully monopolized, and then they have like all these dinguses on the internet giving them free. Uh, you know, propaganda, you know, trying to argue the definition of, you know, monopolization uh, mm-hmm. and, and prove that Microsoft oh, just, is just not because there's, there's not one company means like uh, it's not a monopoly. You know, yeah. it's, there's the difference between a monopoly and monopolization. It is a process. It is an active yeah. it is an active, uh, you know, process of going in a direction. No, it's will, yeah. willful stupidity. But I think I think your point of that this consolidation of the industry was was inevitable because as you said it's it's a microcosm of what's happened everywhere else it's it's happened in entertainment you see disney owns everything like it's going to be these three major players there was something i was looking at this this uh this re, this market cap analysis of the industry and it was essentially like 
If you look at the other largest companies now outside of Microsoft, Sony, and the top three, whatever, you could buy, Sony could purchase the next like five companies now for the same price Microsoft just spent on Activision. So, so you, you see that the M&A activity is there. The capital is there. Investors are coming to the industry now because they've seen how much money it makes. It's literally the largest media industry in the world. It's larger than anything else. So, so this yeah, is it's it's, lar- it's larger than than uh, movies and music combined. Combined. This this will continue, and you're li- you're going to see consolidation to the point where it is going to just be these top three companies. It's going to be. Sony, it's going to be Microsoft, it'll be like take two, it'll be those three, and that's it. And because, because why aren't they? Why wouldn't they? Why won't they buy them up? What, what would stop them? Nothing. There's no, there's no reason for them to let them be out there because buying them up makes them more profitable. It makes it easier to compete because there is no competition. It's, it's all to their benefit and they have the resources to do it. And it's just going to hurt gamers and it's going to hurt employees of these companies. And to that point of just like, you know, the popularity of, of M&A, of mergers and acquisitions, if you look at lawyers who are like the biggest leeches of capitalism, you know, that M&A law is like for your corporate stooge, you know, that wants to work at a big firm, like that's what they're they're looking into because that's where the money is right now because that's, you know, that's what's happening in the economy is mergers and acquisitions all across every industry. Um, so that's where the money is and that's where they're going. And, and, and the reason M&A is so big is because we're a, a fully realized market at this point. So there's nowhere to grow. The only way to grow at this point is purchasing. Like organic growth in, in, in the U.S. Is, is so, it, it's not real. It, everything is so saturated. You're either going to emerging markets, which is very expensive and difficult to, to get a foothold, or you're unless the government is offering you direct subsidies yeah, of course again and this this is why this again this is a perfect example of like say the contradictions inherent to capitalism as a whole 100% i think it's like this you were kind of the first one to really bring up like what we think this will have an impact on the quality of games i don't see how anybody can look at this and not see it this as you know driving to the lowest common denominator i mean look at disney we keep talking about Disney in the entertainment right. industry. It's a perfect example. Like we're just going to get the MCU for games and it's going to be the, the worst of the worst. Yeah. I'll push on, I'll push on your cloud streaming service. And again, this, yeah, this is going to be even no, worse but, than just the MCU. It's going to be Disney plus yeah. it's the game pass. It's the streaming. Everything's going to be yeah. dumbed down to have a streaming version. Yeah, all this all this does is just further further legitimize Game Pass because let's also not forget like after this announcement that Microsoft makes another one that that Game Pass hits 25 million subscribers. You know, they're they're just, you know, they're they're strengthening this library. It's clear that that's the direction I mean, they're clearly, that they're going and they're following the Netflix. Microsoft one. is the leader and say but is the leader in this. Even when you look at the the speculation about the upcoming uh Sony uh, Game Pass rival, the how they're Spartacus. combining P- PS Plus and PS Now, yeah, codenamed Spartacus. It, uh, you know, it's Sony is like part has since like 2019 has been partnered with Microsoft, leading their like the, Sony is reliant wholly upon Microsoft for their own cloud technology. So 
it's just it's obvious it's, that again I that, love that, that Microsoft Microsoft is just you know closing the net further and cons- again consolidating. That's the that's the theme of the episode. It's they're just bringing everything that they can under their own umbrella to uh, make it impossible to deny the the you know just w- the the future of of the industry and just like they are they're they're they are trying to to gobble up as many producers as possible to churn out as many games as cheaply as possible to uh that so therefore seeing no direct benefit to uh to developers like we've heard it's mainly anecdotal but that uh you know the game pass licensing deals are not netting studios and developers really any decent profits it's just well, yeah, Streaming because right now they're, net, no one they're, they're functioning on the Netflix model again. They're starting at a loss right now and getting it really cheap. So they right. get a lot of people involved. Now they're going to start ramping up the prices. They're going to start tiering. They're going to start giving you different models. And, and yeah. even like from the developer side, you know, look at Spotify or like the, the musicians make nothing from their streams off Spotify. Right. Spotify is the one that makes the money here. It's going to be the same thing. Xbox gonna, is going to make the money from game pass but the you know third-party studios that xbox doesn't own are gonna get doo-doo for you know while xbox continues to exploit their their product i mean epic's doing the same thing right now on pc just a quick aside with epic exclusives but the other thing that it's not been said anywhere and we we haven't mentioned it yet because of that but you know as i think about this and as i think about the the take two Zynga acquisition, not only are they going to want to go to these streaming models, but eventually there's no doubt that there will be a model that includes some form of advertising in your games. Like, like they're going towards that because it's just the next way to monetize these sorts of revenue streams is including ads and selling ad space where there's, they have all these years, like 25 million people on Xbox game pass is no small number. And if they just said, Oh, you know, every hour you play a game on Xbox Game Pass, you have to watch a 30 second ad. People are going to be mad for a couple days, but that's going to be it. And they're going to make a ton of But then of there's going to be a tier off. above where you can pay and avoid the ads. Exactly. No, exactly. Exactly. 100%. Just so, like who? And then just, they're going to start whittling it down that, you know, that the base level Game Pass is only, you know, the the Microsoft games. And if you want the third base party, level Game Pass is what you download. Only stream them. Well, that's, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it goes. One, the analysis I was reading about, like, you know, cloud gaming, which has, you know, been fraught with all sorts of fucking problems. And who doesn't remember the Google that, Stadia advertisement campaign? Yeah, Stadia, Stadia. yeah, is, is the biggest, is the biggest example. But the, you know, they, they credit Microsoft as, you know, being the only like successful quote unquote successful one with it because it's not like the main focus of the service so like like PS now was you know where where the streaming is just a function it's not the it's not the actual thing that's that's uh, it's not the selling point it's just part of it but i totally yeah see that as as going there's going to come a point where the base xbox that they sell like the cheapest tier is going to be like a little box Chromebook. with like 50 gigabytes oh, yeah great no that's exactly right with like 50 gigabytes of memory that just yeah. plugs in via yeah, hdmi just like with an, an xbox chromebook boom yep game pass only streaming only yeah. well, and like i think apple had some of those cape you know 
tried to have some of that capability with the Apple TV that you could like play mobile games Apple's, running off that. Apple's always dabbled around with the gaming industry. They're all moving there. Netflix is doing that. Yeah. Because like Apple's the one who early in the 90s had like the Apple II was the best gaming computer at the time. Like, yeah, they, they tried to make a console. Now you can find it on just eBay. mobile games. Yeah. And I think with the just just continuing on that that thought pattern like you've already seen they've already gotten rid of disk drives on yeah. models of series the new consoles like like yeah exactly would you be i, I wouldn't be shocked if and the next model doesn't period include, well, yeah. right exactly but like the, the xbox tier especially is like consoles yeah, and i don't think in. you know you see it like you just said computers no more disk drives we're seeing models of consoles without disk drives. Next iteration, there's probably not going to be a disk drive model because they want to force you into these streamings. They because then they get to own it. They can take away your access to it whenever they want, and and or suddenly charge more for that access. Like it just it it or limits, change the game way. on you. Right, like there's just it, and it, it right. all sucks. No, yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point, Mike. You know, it's like the. It just, you know, completely erodes any uh, stability in in the the quality of the art itself. Yeah, yeah. Like I think what happened to Always Sunny, you know, yeah. the with the uh, uh, I can't even think of it now. Uh, the uh, the lethal uh, weapon episodes. Lethal weapon episodes. Yeah. Yep. You know, so like you only have access to those now if you have physical copies of that season or the seasons that had those episodes. You know, imagine they take shit out of GTA because. You know, uh, take two gets canceled by the rad libs because there's, you know, the some kid goes prostitutes vi- in it. Yeah, or someone, some kid goes viral for, you know, mowing down prostitutes in their car, something, you know, that everybody in GTA did 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that feature is gone, you know, and you can never play that again unless you have like a PS2 and you're playing it on your. Something I find just funny about all of this, like looking at it from the broad perspective, they're basically circling Microsoft, essentially, especially. They're basically circling back around to their stance they had back when the Xbox One launched that buried them initially. The always online need to be connected, uh, no reselling games. The game is to you only. You cannot give it to someone else. Uh, at the time, it was Connect Always On, which, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I forgot about all that. Yeah, no, this is remember, this is why Xbox got fucked yeah. during this last generation. Yeah. They started off so bad because the original Xbox One launch was focused on Always Online, Connect Always, and, uh, hey, by the way, this can plug into your cable so that you can watch TV through it because people are using their consoles for streaming, so obviously we're going to dedicate, like, 45 minutes of our conference to how it's a streaming box when this is your first chance to look at your gaming console. Phil Spencer has, again, given the game away in the past already. You know, he's, he has said, I mean, it's in line with the reality that, that PS fives, you know, have, despite the shortages have, you know, more than double the sales of the, uh, you know, the new Xboxes. But, you know, Phil has said that, uh, you know, we don't need to, you know, sell consoles to succeed yeah, in our business they, goals. They, they've yeah. changed how they want to win because they know they can't win in the current uh, route. I mean, you have to think about it in the fact, like, I've been to some stores, Xbox Series S consoles are on the shelves. You can go find them out in the wild. Yeah. And that is lumped into that Xbox sales number in total. Meanwhile, I've never seen a Sony console in the wild. Never in a store. So, like, you, you have to understand that, that part of that Xbox sales number, you know, like, yes, the Series X consoles are always selling out, just like the PS5s are always selling out. 
But if the Series S is available, that means that, you know, there's still less demand than they have supply for for some of those lower tier uh, versions. And that's just an interesting way to think about looking forward because PS5's um, discless console, the digital, was uh, Sony's version. They make like none of them. Those like it's those are even harder to get because they like have made none of them. The discless or the disc? Yeah, the digital ones. The digital ones. They have something like ten to- ten times the capacity of uh, the the disc version. I mean, it kind of yeah. makes sense if they're going to push the backwards compatibility from the previous generation, which was all disc consoles. Well, hell, hell, they're doing that. They're they're that's still going to be part of the streaming thing. They're they're working that into it as well. I wouldn't say that that's. Oh uh, no, I'm just saying that to, on, on to the PS4 generation, anyway. they still had disc drives, so people might still have physical games. So you want to keep right. that disc drive around for those people. That way, they can still use those for now. Maybe not in the future. Yeah, they'll phase to, like I said, they'll probably next console generation, it'll just all be. Even digital. Nintendo did it. The original Wii came with a GameCube slot, and then the later iterations of it lost that GameCube slot. And not the other reason they want to go digital is it's cheaper. They don't have to pay for materials of a disc. Like, it's still, that's more money per sale. Well, if you, it's funny. If you look at the PS5 design, like people were complaining about the design, but if you look at it, it's because the disc drive is set up in a way that they can just pop it off and it's a digital. Like look, look yeah. at how it's attached there. It's just right there to be taken out. And then it's just a different plastic. But I think one, one other thing that we touched on a little bit, but haven't harped on is just like the chip shortage that they, they, they correctly see that this is going to be a long-term issue and are adjusting their business model as such, whether it's going to work or not, you know, we'll find out. I assume it will work because things like Netflix have worked despite you know, it, it's a model that succeeds even though it fails. Um, we'll say fa- like, you know, or it fucks the consumer at least. Yeah. Well, and it fails in the sense that they're in the red all the time. Right. They're, like, not, they they're just, not actually making they, money. But, you know, that's our economy doesn't work like that anymore. So as long as they're getting investors to like dump money and they could pump the, you know, uh, the interest in the in the media of whatever uh, product they want there it'll still be successful to them yeah as long as as long as the stock price goes up that's a success yeah. and and this all yeah. drives the stock price up the one thing i i think i think uh matt you made a good point about the uh, xbox one launch that i i hadn't really thought about but they were really uh almost way ahead of their time with what they were trying to do and something we've talked about on other podcast episodes we've done um to come out i think is is the idea of like the fact that these things are just being forced down gamers throats a lot of the time, like NFTs, et cetera. And uh, I think that was probably the last time that one of these companies took a swing at forcing a new type of way of interacting with games that didn't work. And we just weren't the, there. The yet, beginning like, of the end was horse armor DLC. They're ready. <laughs> that, that was the beginning of the end. That was the testing of the waters that started the downfall of the gaming community. Well, and I think one of the differences with the Xbox One was, especially like the Kinect always being on, yeah, that's... Uh, was that was a hardware thing. Yeah. You know, so like, uh, it, you know, Yo, it's, who it's wants harder. A Microsoft people aren't going to use that or not going to buy that. Yeah. And people aren't going to buy that. Like that, that will actually, that might actually push a company to change their mind. Whereas like with the like loot boxes and shit like that, they're just, they could continue to force it on you and, and Rubes are going to pay for it um in these little microtransactions and and they're going to be fine and they could force that upon us 
But um, one thing that, you know, being ahead of their time uh, in a Bobby Kodak interview, it was like Bobby and Phil Spencer on like one of the morning news shows. First of all, Bobby had an ear to ear grin. He was, you know, happier than a pig and shit. Dude, mean mugging the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking, it was amazing. Um, but and I was actually, I was watching Hassan's breakdown of it. And this is where I saw it. And he was saying how er, Phil Spencer was talking about uh, VR and like, you know, the, uh, you know, how like that's the next thing that they're looking towards. And one like VR and like the metaverse is that has been around for a while. It's like something that exists. But I'm hoping that the metaverse will be more like the connect, you know, and, and there will be pushback that slows its progress um, that I don't see happening for things like NFTs, where I think they could, you know, more perniciously like force those upon us um, and make that a thing. Um, we, we've mentioned him now a couple of times, so we haven't really gotten into it. And I think it's worth kind of sidetracking us a little bit um, to talk about, you know, what a shithead Bobby Kotick is. <laughs> and, you know, there, when the, when the deal came out or like was announced uh, you know, there was some speculation, you know, concerning his status. Um, but it seems for, for the time being, it seems to have been confirmed that he will exit once the deal is complete, but not without uh, a handsome severance package yeah. of at least 250 million. We're Why looking up like on a, on an upward end of $400 million. But I just want to quickly just go off on a list of just like like let's let's just like talk about Bobby Kotick because getting into like the the history of Activision is also leads us to like the the last kind of thing that I know I wanted to talk about that we again only had briefly touched on with you know the the nature of the workplace culture at Activision and what this deal means for for workers and organizers. Um, but like first we got to like look at at Kotick at the you know the top. He's this guy for over, he's the CEO since like the early 90s, oversees decades of horrendous and vile workplace practices, including alleged rapes, helps cover them up from the board and the public, then promises he will step down if he can't fix the company culture, quote unquote, quickly, while also being the subject of at least one harassment complaint himself. Also, and did you guys see the recent rumor that he considered buying Kotaku and PC Gamer to, to change, yeah, the, to the, change the, narrative the narrative about Activision? Yeah. I mean, I just what think, a fucking sicko. Listen, this guy, he's the founder of Activision. He's a true gamer. I, I don't know. I think this all sounds very deserved, well-earned stand-up person. You know what I'm excited for? I'm excited for his uh, human growth hormone hormone arc. Because you know that's coming. With that, his, Jeff, that his, his Bezos mil, arc? His Bezos, yeah, his Bezos arc. villain arc. He's just going to be like, fuck it. I, no one could touch me. I'm you know not going to get any repercussions for these sexual harassment things i just sold my like uh company that has you know uh all these material issues with the workplace uh and i'm walking away a fucking you know um even bigger multi-millionaire oh, reminder that bobby kodak was was in uh epstein's little black book he, he wasn't was. on the flight logs, uh, but he was in the little I black forgot him. He I was. always forget that. I always and, forget and that. the thing about that though, beyond like $250 million, a lot of money, but this guy's been cashing in for decades. He he just oh, yeah. got compensated. He just made a hundred million dollars in comp the last year. Like yeah. he's not been he's not been uh you know, he's not even been doing the the dollar CEO salary thing. He's just getting cash on cash. Yeah, COD's the best selling so. game every year for like the past fucking decade. Just just print that money, baby. Well, and their stock prices have always, you know, tending to kind of like 
go up a bit. And you oh, know, yeah. as we've said, the the gaming industry has been the you know biggest growing industry in entertainment. So of course, I mean, essentially, prior to uh, these these allegations, the stock had been trading around its you know five year high, if not all time. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty it was much like at its all time high, right around a hundred dollars to start twenty twenty one. Um, and it traded right around that range until the summer, which is when all of the allegations and news started coming out. So, oh, and again, we already talked about it. And you know, like there's, there's, it's an often cited interview with Phil Spencer's. You know, he was poking that bear to help drive that price down even lower. And then yeah. it completely backtracks as soon as the talks are starting. You know, it's, it's all, it was all well, a plan, you know, I mean, all the strategy. I just want to know how, how, what, when, when did Microsoft reach out? Like, was it the day after the news dropped? Because like, I'm sure they were immediately licking their lips. Like, oh, uh, one of our largest, one of the, the largest developer, their stock price is about to go down significantly. Like their value is about to be cut. Essentially it was cut in half. They were trading at $50 in December. So Microsoft was just like, ooh, discount, discount shopping time, clearance sale. We're buying Activision. Like no doubt in my mind. Yeah, Microsoft just did what I do when uh, it's like holiday shopping time. You see the really expensive thing for like a decent percent off, and you're like, "Yeah, I can justify that." Like, I'll I'll never see it at that yeah, it's price like the again. Steam sale. Yeah. Microsoft was like, "Oh, Steam's having a sale. Yeah, better jump on that shit." <laughs> oh, look at all these off. cheap games. Exactly. It puts no. them all in cart. It adds up to like two hundred dollars, <laughs> and you're like, hmm. "Yeah." It adds up to sixty-seven billion dollars. <laughs> just yeah. ooh. I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall for like the the negotiations between the lawyers when you know uh microsoft's lawyers got berated by activision for phil spencer like trying yeah. to actively lower the, the stock price yeah, yeah. i bet phil just <laughs> sat there and looked at them and was just like world of warcraft on game pass and just <laughs> just looked at them yep Basically, just like you know, just dropping his dick on the table. We, we will yeah, save you for sure, for sure. That that was that was what Microsoft did after the stock price dropped. It was yeah. Phil Spencer started a Zoom call and just whipped it out. Dropped right dropped in front of Bobby Kodak's face. He was just, he was just yeah. tubing it. World of Warcraft yeah. on Game Pass. You're getting your ass kicked by Final Fantasy 14. We're we're gonna help you. So. Activision, you know, they're they're uh they're doing their their duty here. They're they I, I was or it was actually something that you sent, Mike, about like uh the the actual legal analysis. You know, they are they're on top of all their filings. And then you sent us this bit here. We gotta mention like these things pulled out from the from the SEC filings about the merger. Three points. Uh, according to Activision, there is no strike to the knowledge of the company ongoing. In which is, you know, in reference to the uh, month and a half long strike of Raven Software QA workers. Uh, the second point being there is no material allegations of sexual harassment since 2018. And then the third, no legal proceedings <laughs> that would have, quote unquote, material adverse effects. Did, did you forget the I fourth? One. There's no war in bossing, say. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, man, it's just like we could not get any more dystopian if we tried. I mean, so I'm a, a little bit out of my element here, and I was trying to brush up a bit uh, before we started recording, but 
there is a lot of like legal terms doing a lot of work in these three. Like I'm pretty sure with the strike, you know, it's because there's not an actual union. Um, so that they it's technicalities man yeah it's it's a technicality there and and i think there's something else with i think um, i think all of these are technicalities yeah i mean material is doing a lot of work material has a very like specific uh compliance like legal compliance definition that i don't know off the top of my head and won't do it justice but there's also something with the filings themselves like the initial filing doesn't have to, you know, especially because of these other technicalities, like doesn't have to include that. Like they could get away with saying this, but on like the final like DOJ and FTC review, I think some of the, you know, the, the California case and the EEOC case uh, will have to be, you know, will come up on in the filings uh, more clearly. And there won't be these so much of these technicalities, but you know, it still is, ridiculous on its face that you're not going to acknowledge a group of workers striking for better work conditions or that you have you know high profile legal proceedings uh going on currently literally is like a major news story i mean the other thing i like about this is the fact that they're just like you know no no major uh sexual assault harassment allegations over the last five years we got you see this the counter behind us it's been five years since the last incident so we're good it's cool nothing to worry about here don't worry about the lawsuit either that's also 2017 2017 we don't talk about that yeah we don't talk about (laughs) yeah so i i think i just looked up material quickly and in this context you know in the contract uh and it may have more specific definitions within the mergers and acquisitions context um but it's you know material is a description frequently attributed to an important contract contractual provision or stipulation that would alter the contract's performance so you know uh the sexual harassment in this context of you know this particular filing isn't going to you know have an effect on activision's ability to sell the uh, corporation to Microsoft. Um, the legal proceedings are not proceedings that would, you know, have a material effect on the ability to sell and, you know, so on like that. But is Microsoft going to be taking on the fiscal responsibility though? Yes. I mean, they, ha- they have to in the the merger, like all, yeah. all of your liabilities change. Uh, like, you know, you can't, you can't buy a, a corp, you know, sell your corporation so that the legal liabilities disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll travel. Yeah. And, and I think I was I was kind of making jokes earlier, but like on a serious note with this, this they're kind of it kind of is telling on uh, what's important because it's saying, you know, whilst while we all know none of like there are allegations, there are legal proceedings, there is a worker strike like none of those things. It's ultimately saying none of those things are going to have an impact on the business, which we all know is actually true. Like none of these yes. things are going to ultimately impact right. the bottom line, despite how fucking terrible they are. So it's kind of interesting to see them like directly pretty much admit that, like, just be like, yep, yeah, these bad things don't worry about them because ultimately they're not going to change the money. We're still making a lot of it. And that sucks. I think all of this, you know, goes to say solidarity with the 34 Raven QA employees who have, you know, officially started the process of forming a union. They are, you know, entering into talks with uh, the Communication Workers of America for representation and are seeking voluntary recognition by Activision. Um, I don't know what this means, for, you know, like what the timelines could be. 
do they potentially successfully form the union before the purchase is completed or and what that may have an effect or you know what is microsoft going to do to try to stifle this from exploding to their other studios was there a date by which i I, so i think the expected date of this the microsoft deal going june june 2023 that's the end of their fiscal year and my my experience at least with uh the nlrb you know and this was in a higher ed context the contract pro you know the the vote starting with the vote that the the raven workers just did which was like a signature collection to show it was like a Mm -hmm. poll to show that there was interest in a union um from like that time to signing the contract took us 11 months um so you know i mean take that what you will it's a different industry and this is the you know the first of its kind um but i if it's under a year i would be surprised but that still puts it in a timeline that you know it's potentially before the official purchase of microsoft i also i don't know enough about employment law to or labor law to know whether uh I mean, I'm sure that the, the talks would just transition over to the new management um, because like the union itself is a like organization outside of the the workplace, yeah. technically. Um, but yeah, so they had, you know, Raven has asked for the voluntary recognition, but that will never happen. You know, even if they had 100%. I mean, Activision is quote unquote, is like, you know, considering it yeah. or evaluating I mean, it. Yeah. But, you know, even... Yeah, you know, we had the Vadio Union, which they voluntary voluntarily accepted it, but that was like that's a an tiny indie studio. That's a yeah, it's a twelve per or was like a twelve person indie studio or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, that was at the the management correctly saw that it's to their benefit to unionize. But Activision is going to use every legal maneuver they can, you know, beyond your typical union busting like that we saw with Amazon, uh, you know, like the old school tactics. They're going to try to exclude people from the group. Um, and, and, you know, the more that they fight is what's going to drag out the process. And, you know, so they, you may see them drag it out to try to, you know, make it to that when the Microsoft deal would be going through. And while it may not have like legal ramifications, it's just like the PR, you know, uh, the confusion and turnover, you know, it's a good time to, to push it to and, or, you know, let Microsoft take it over and uh, we don't have to deal with it anymore type of thing. All right. That was a, uh, that was a lot. Any, uh, any final thoughts? Um, you know, this is a, a story that's going to be evolving over the next year. So I, I don't, you know, it's, we're, this is not the end of it. We will be talking about this some more, a lot going forward again, the, as we've talked, as we've said many times, this is where the industry is going. We're going to see more stories like this as well and uh you know we'll be here to cover it but yeah if if any uh, any final thoughts yeah i think um as you said you know this this is the future of the industry for the time being we're going to see this consolidation we're going to see this m a activity and you know ultimately it's it's going to not be good for gamers or the quality of the product or the workers and uh it just is unfortunate that we're going to see our game quality get reduced due to all of this, because again, there's just no incentive to make good games once they own them all. Why, why would they spend the money to make them good? They're not going to. So don't get your hopes up that this is anything good for any of us besides the shareholders of these corporate entities. 
Profit motive kills all, kills creativity. It is not good for you, the consumer. All right, till next time, though. We'll see you. Peace. Bye-bye.